You're listening to the following program on TFN Audio from the Fantasy Network, where independent creators and fans of fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and gaming meet to create, stream, and support the shows that they love. Creator-distributed, fan-supported, that's TFN. Find this and many more great programs at watch.thefantasy.network slash audio. You're listening to the following program on TFN Audio from the Fantasy Network, where independent creators and fans of fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and gaming meet to create, stream, and support the shows that they love. Creator-distributed, fan-supported, that's TFN. Find this and many more great programs at watch.thefantasy.network slash audio. Nine. Andrew got out of the car and looked around. Feline got out on the other side of the car, turned her face against the woods and sniffed the air. Something here smells weird, she said. I'm sure it does. If a bunch of Native Americans time-traveled here, I'm sure they left a smell behind. Can you find them? Feline wrinkled her nose. Of course I can. My sense of smell is about fourteen times as keen as yours. She put a hand to her ear. And I can hear a weird sound, like a buzzing or something. Andrew looked at the deserted party area, still lit up by the spotlights. Cakes and other assorted party snacks were scattered everywhere, but he couldn't see any dead bodies or much blood. If the natives had come to attack, they must have been distracted by something. He looked at Feline as they walked towards the woods. He wouldn't have preferred taking her along, but... He needed to have some sort of guarantee that Darcy wouldn't just cast a teleportation spell and jump to the other side of the world. Feline was obviously someone he cared about. He had considered putting handcuffs on her and leaving her in the car, but on the way here, he had realized she might be an asset, and had left her free. This way, Feline said, waving him along. Andrew pulled out his flashlight but did not turn it on. Instead, he held it under his gun. A light as bright as the flashlight would spoil both their night visions, and Feline was obviously not having any problems. Her eyes glowed a faint yellow in the dark as she found her way through the woods with ease. Andrew had tried Jim's cell phone in the car, but could not get in touch with him again. When he had first called, Jim had quickly summed up the day's events, explained about the anomaly in his own trip through it, told him that Mercedes was now being carried off against her will and had ended by telling Andrew that he was going after her. The lack of contact led Andrew to believe this was exactly what he had done. Andrew had been worried about being able to find his way to the anomaly, but Feline solved this problem easily. She led him through the forest without hesitating a single time. She had left her high-heeled shoes in the car and was now walking on bare feet. Her feet were so pale it looked like she floated through the woods. They came upon a clear path, where several people had obviously trampled through the undergrowth. Feline sniffed and nodded. Footprints and lots of sense. I'd guess thirty men, maybe more. All of them with that weird smell. And one who smokes tobacco. That'd be Jim. I can't believe he smokes while in pursuit of a bunch of Indians. I don't think he does. It just kind of sticks to him. Hard to explain if you're not a cat. 
Andrew nodded. Okay, point taken. I'll stick to my own species for references. Can you follow them? Of course I can. They all went this way. She hesitated. That weird sound is also coming from here. Andrew could hear the sound himself now, like an annoying little tickle in his ear. He followed Feline as she continued along the path, sometimes cocking her head to listen. I don't think they're nearby. Either they're all incredibly good at hide-and-seek, or they went back to their own time. Well, it is Native Americans we're talking about, so they were supposed to be good at hiding. Maybe they're disguised as trees or rocks or something? Feline looked at him in the dark. He couldn't see her expression, but he was sure she was studying him. Was that supposed to be funny? I'm not that good at understanding humor. No, it wasn't. It was kind of a racial stereotype, I guess. If you grew up watching Western films, you expect Indians to hide pretty much in plain sight. If they did, I'd be able to hear them breathing. Don't worry. She went on, with Andrew close on her heels. When they emerged in the clearing, Andrew made a low whistling sound as he studied the anomaly. Wow. So, that's what a hole in time looks like. I have to say, I was kind of expecting more. More how? Colors flying out of it, shimmering lights, glimpses of the past playing out like on a TV screen. Feline nodded. So, you're disappointed? Hell no, it's still a hole in time, even if it doesn't glitter and shoot rainbows. Feline went closer. The scents go right to it. They went right through. I smell perfume as well so that might be your friend? Probably, but don't get too close. Jim said you're sort of drawn to... Andrew didn't have time to finish. Feline raised her eyes from the ground and looked at the anomaly. She reached her hand out as if to swat at it, and the moment her hand made contact, the anomaly seemed to suck her into it like dust going into a vacuum cleaner. She was gone in the blink of an eye. He didn't even have time to call out her name. Andrew gave a surprised gasp. He had been prepared for the anomaly itself, but he had not counted on taking someone who was essentially a hostage on a trip through time. Now she had vanished before his eyes, this left him with only one option. Ah, oh, hell, Andrew said, put his gun and flashlight in his belt, and stepped forward through the anomaly. He felt a sense of nausea, and had the oddest sensation that his stomach was trying to crawl out of his throat before he stumbled forward and fell to the ground. Feline's hands helped him up, and he looked around. As far as he could tell, aside from the moon being quarter instead of half, there was no difference in the clearing itself, but from the way Feline was breathing excitedly, he knew something had changed. This is so odd, she said. Her voice was low and filled with joy. But odd in a good way. Exciting. There are so many new scents here. This forest, it's a whole other world than before. Before being the key word here, Andrew brushed his pants off. If Jim was right, we're far in the distant past. Can you still follow his scent? His and everybody else's. They went that way, she pointed to one side. All right, we better follow them. From the time Jim called me and until we got here, it took us a little over an hour, so they're probably at least that much ahead of us. 
I can move faster than you if I take my real shape. I can probably catch up to them. No, you stay with me. Without you, I won't have any chance of finding them, not to mention getting back to this place afterwards. He looked behind him at the anomaly. I really, really hope that thing doesn't go away while we're out getting Jim and Mercedes. Feline took his hand and began guiding him through the forest, which now seemed much denser. She moved so confidently that you would have thought she had spent her entire life here. When they emerged from the woods, Andrew could see light from several fires on the hills below. He wished he had thought to bring his binoculars, but he assumed it was a village or a ceremonial ground. Feline led them closer, keeping to the shadows when they got close enough for the light to illuminate them. They took a position behind a couple of large rocks in a bush, trying to get an idea of the scene. Two fires were burning in a cleared area in a dip between two hills. The tribe of natives stood around the fires, some talking, but most of them staring in awe at a group of people next to the fire. One of them was Jim, very easy to pick up since he was the only person wearing actual pants. He was gesturing wildly with his arms and apparently trying to reason with an old native man, whose face was painted in various stripes of color. Next to both of them, being held in place by a muscular man, was Mercedes. Andrew not had a chance to see her costume prior to the party, but he could tell it had been a very attractive one. Now it was torn a bit and dirty in several places. Mercedes didn't look happy, but not terrified either. What do you think they're talking about? Feline asked. I can hear them, but I don't understand them. I don't think they're talking as much as failing to communicate. I doubt Jim speaks ancient Ohlone. What's in Ohlone? The tribe that used to inhabit this part of the country. I thought they were supposed to be peaceful. Well, they haven't cut their heads off yet, so maybe they are peaceful. Wait, maybe I've got something. Andrew reached into his pocket and pulled out his phone. There are these translation programs that are supposed to be able to be used for live translation. The ones the public have access to are still pretty limited in languages, but the FBI had a huge database of languages. They've got all sorts of things, even Klingon. We once had a serial killer who only spoke in Klingon. All agents have these, I just never used mine before. It should work even without internet access. It's a stretch, but maybe they have some Native American languages in here? Yes, Ohlone. It will be the modern one, of course, but maybe better than nothing. You mean you'll be able to understand them? Maybe, and possibly speak to them a little. But I want you to stay right here, until I call out for you, okay? I don't want you to get hurt. Also, I might have an idea to blow their minds if they won't let us go. Feline nodded. Okay, I'll stay here. Be careful. Oh, I intend to. I have no wish to end my days as a pincushion. Andrew moved out from his hiding place. When he was a few feet away, he straightened up, walking tall and calling out, Jim! Jim turned his head and spotted him. Several warriors also turned and raised their weapons. Andrew raised his hands in a slow, peaceful motion holding his phone up in front of his face and saying, Friend! Friend! His phone said a word he didn't recognize, but it seemed to have an effect with the warriors. The old man in front of Jim said something and they lowered their weapons. The phone in Andrew's hand said, 
unknown, unknown, messenger from unknown, spirits of trees. Andrew nodded. That's right, messenger from the spirits of the trees, just like him, he pointed to Jim. He and I, the same. He felt it best to stick to as few words as possible since he didn't know how the translation would sound on the other end. The phone said something that sounded like gibberish but seemed to impress the warriors. The old man pointed to Andrew and his words came out. You, unknown, spirit from unknown, take woman of tribe, spirit of trees said go war. Andrew shook his head understanding that they obviously thought Mercedes was one of their people. No, no take. She is spirit too. He looked at Jim. Did you tell them to go to war? I have no idea what I said. I was just trying to get back to the time hole. Who knows what they thought I said? The old man stepped to Mercedes and let his hand touch her cheek in an affectionate gesture that seemed strange, just as he was in war paint. He spoke with affection in his voice as well, and when Andrew heard the translation, his eyes widened. Unknown, my daughter returned to unknown me. Jim pointed to himself. No, not your daughter. She's... Jim, he doesn't understand you. Andrew handed him the phone. Speak into this and keep it short and sweet. She's not your daughter. She's my daughter. Jim said, immediately regretting it. The skin color alone would make them doubt that. I mean, he said, but the translation had come through, and several of the natives apparently found it very funny. They smiled or laughed around the fire. What's so damn funny? Mercedes said, but Andrew grabbed the phone again. She belongs to us, to the spirits. We will take her back by force if we have to. Jim looked at him, cocking his head. You and what army, Picard? I don't know about you, but I didn't bring my machine gun. Relax, I know what I'm doing. Andrew looked tense as the translation came through. The old man gestured angrily towards them and said a long sentence. What came out was, No one, unknown, stops me, unknown, unknown, takes my daughter away, unknown, war. So they'll fight for her, Jim said. Kind of had that figured out already. He might fight for her, but let's see how the warriors react to this. Andrew turned his head. Come out, Feline. I need your help. Jim lifted an eyebrow in surprise when Feline walked into the light of the fire. Her blonde hair glistened in the firelight, and even though she was only wearing a black shirt and jeans, she looked elegant. Andrew faced the old man. Release her, or we will turn your warriors into cats. When the translation came through, it visibly upset several of the younger men. Some of them seemed to pull back from the fire, others huddled together in groups. The old man stood his ground, however. All right, then, Andrew said and turned to Jim. Say something magic, just anything, and tell her to turn into a cat. Make it impressive. They seem to have the most respect for you, so it should be you. What the hell are you? Just trust me. Do it. Jim turned to Feline, who stood silently and waited by the fire. He raised his arms in what he hoped was a suitably impressive magician's pose and shouted. 
Abracadabra. Simsalabim. Shazam. Turn into a cat. Feline paused a moment for dramatic effect before slowly beginning her transformation. She began with her eyes and hands, as those were the only parts she could control without changing completely. She opened her mouth when her cat teeth appeared, wanting to give the old man the full view of the transformation. She could usually change shape in a few seconds, but she drew the process out for almost fifteen seconds this time. Her face became triangular and covered in fur. The whiskers under her nose appeared, and the tail appeared on her backside. As she was somewhat smaller as a cat, she slid quickly out of her clothes and stood in front of the old man, shaking her tail back and forth slowly. The warriors exploded in panic. Most of the men fled into the night, screaming. The man holding Mercedes's arms looked like he would have fled too, but the steely gaze from the old man kept him there. The old man slowly knelt and put out his hand to touch Feline. She allowed him to touch her back and gave a small purring sound when he did. Andrew was impressed with Jim, who, despite not having any idea what to expect, kept a completely still poker face through the entire transformation. Finally, he pointed to Mercedes. Now release my daughter, or this will happen to you all. The old man listened to the translation. He gestured to the man holding Mercedes, and he let go obviously relieved. Mercedes took a few steps away from him and Jim put his arm around her. And you stay out of that forest from now on, Jim said. That's spirit territory. The old man lowered his gaze. Jim was unsure if it was in surrender or in acknowledgement. Can we get out of here? Mercedes said. Her eyes were on Jim, but she kept glancing at Feline, who was busy licking her fur. I think so. Andrew, let's back up and go back in the forest. Andrew looked at the few remaining warriors and the old man and nodded. Okay, Fleen, go back to the woods and meet us there. I'll bring your clothes. He bent and picked it up. Jim took the phone and held it up, feeling the need for some kind of closing statement. The spirits bless you all, he said. May you, um, may your hunting be good this summer. How original Mr. Dances with Wolves, Mercedes said as they retreated back towards the forest. Couldn't you have told them something profound? Like what exactly? Do you want to go back and talk some more? Mercedes didn't reply, but seemed to shift her pace closer to Andrew instead. Feline gave them a few moments to get out of the firelight before she got to her feet, stretched, and ran for the tree line herself. The remaining warriors were obviously not in the mood to shoot at her, and she disappeared into the darkness safely. When she met up with Andrew, Jim, and Mercedes a few moments later, she took her human shape fast and reached for her clothes. Jim looked away, while Mercedes was obviously too impressed to think of modesty. Dios mío! What the hell are you? she asked in a low voice. She's a long story, is what she is. Let's get back to that time portal, Andrew said. Feline, can you lead the way? It's too dark to tell where we came from. Feline nodded and led the way. The trip through the dark woods went fast and uneventful, but took a little longer. Mercedes had only been wearing costume shoes, and they had been destroyed during her kidnapping, leaving her barefoot. After a while of trying to walk and whimpering every time she stepped on a rock, Jim finally lifted her up on his back and carried her that way. 
When they reached the clearing and the anomaly, Jim drew a sigh of relief. He had been afraid that it would have vanished by now. All right, let's go home, he said. They all emerged one by one in the forest they had left behind in the 21st century. When they had returned to the parking lot, Jim pulled out his phone and called Inspector Charles. It was a fairly simple procedure to get a patrol car to put up a perimeter around the forest to make sure no one else strolled into the anomaly. What are we going to do about it? Andrew said. We can't just leave it there. If all else fails, maybe we can buy the land and build a containment field around it. But right now I'm going to find out if there's some kind of wizard who can close the thing up. Of course, I doubt if the city wants to foot the bill for it. Andrew smiled. Actually, I know a wizard who might be interested in doing it for free. Let's call it community service. 